And you're back with Encounter with God with Mon and Lyle here on The Breakfast Show in the morning and we have another clue for the quiz because nobody has snapped it up yet. So it's... Yes, and if you want to get ahead, you can go on our Instagram, which is faithfmlive, all lowercase one word. And uh, there we have all the clues already up on our socials. Okay, so the, the third clue... Yeah, the third clue. The third clue is... The chief priests and Pharisees requested that I make Jesus's tomb secure for three days. Yeah. The chief priests and Pharisees requested that I make Jesus's tomb secure for three days. Mm-hmm. Mm. A person who asked what is truth when truth was standing right in front of him. Yes. Tell us who that is. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. We will send you the prize. It's amazing that that question that Pilate asked, you know, what is truth? Is oh, the, Lyle, uh, you just gave it away. I told you not to talk oh, about it. I told you not to talk about it. And here you are talking about it and you gave it away. <laughs> Lyle Brennan Southwell. Oh, no. Yes, you gave it away. <laughs> this, this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I tell Lyle not to talk about the quiz. <laughs> I'm going to have to muzzle you when we do the quiz from now on so that you can't even, can't even say nothing. You got too relaxed. Way too relaxed. There you go. Well, anyway, we what, I was, what I was going to say was that <laughs> the question, you know, what is truth is a question that is still being asked today by so many people around the world and it's become very popular to say that there is no such thing as truth and yet the truth yeah. is right there. That's right. For anybody to find. People and say that it's truth like some is found sort of in Jesus Christ. You have your own truth or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, come on, seriously. Yeah, you, you need absolute truth. Like, of course. Mm-hmm. And when it all boils down, everybody has absolute truth. There are there are certain things in life that are unquestionably absolute mm-hmm. truths mm-hmm. and absolute moral realities. And, of course, um, a moral reality is not something that can exist uh, and that should ever exist if we are purely an evolutionary species. So, Lyle, question, do we want to start a new quiz? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay, cool. All right, let's start a new quiz. You, you, you want to start a new one, don't you? I do, I do, because, you know, people got cheated, so. <laughs> I was such an easy one. Deserves them right for not having called in so oh, bro, oh, try and turn around and blame <laughs> on other. How dare you, <laughs> Pastor Lyle? Okay, this is a what book it's am I? Fault. What book am I? And I'm going to give you two clues right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Here you find pharaohs capturing Giza. Giza. He set it. He set it on fire and later gave it as a wedding gift to his daughter. Mm-hmm. And here's a quote from this book: Solomon built a high place for Shemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So, in what book can you find Pharaoh capturing Ga- uh, the city of Gaza, setting it on fire, and giving it as a wedding gift to his daughter later on? And in what book? I wonder, I wonder why. Please stop talking, Lyle. Just don't, <laughs> just, just sh- don't say even a word. Just oh, write, wonder, write on a piece of paper. What was so What was so great that he gave this city as a a wedding present? A wedding present, like yeah, let me give you a burnt city as yeah, a wedding. You're present. gonna love this, honey. Ash. <laughs> Pile of like char, <laughs> and uh, and so what book would you find where Solomon built uh, high places for the detestable gods uh, Moab and uh, Chemoph of Moab and Molech of Ammonites? And Lyle has just showed me what he's written down, and he is so wrong right now. He is so wrong. I will give you two prizes once again. 
Start on the quiz over. I'll give you two prizes if you can get it. Oh, no, Lyle has it. No, right. <laughs> second, second guess again, you got it right. Mm, not your first guess. Yeah, okay. I think we'll, we'll, let, we'll, let, we'll let If you call in, we'll give you two guesses, seeing as I took two guesses. And for those of you who... But there's only one of two books that it's possible to be in. Is it? Well, don't tell us anything. I think you just just sh- stop talking. Stop talking until we start the encounter with God. And no, sh- don't take a breath. <laughs> sh- and if, for those of you who missed it, Lyle did give away the, the answer to our to our earlier quiz today. The answer, of course, was Pilate. Um, he was the one who said what is truth. He was the one who mixed the blood of Galileans with sacrifices. And he was the one that the chief priests and Pharisees requested um, of him that he make Jesus' tomb secure for three days. Anyway, let's start our 20 million movement before Lyle gives away any more quizzes. Uh, we are studying the book of Acts in our uh, study guides. We can get a copy of the study guide out to you, although it's almost finished. We're almost about to start our new study guide uh, for the last, what, three months of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a wonderful study guide. It's only a couple of dollars. And, uh, and you could follow along with 20 million other believers around the world who simultaneously study the same booklet every single day. Okay, so Acts chapter 18 is where we are up to. And let's go to verse 24. So Acts 18, verse 24. And Mon, if you could start reading for us there through to the end of the chapter would be fantastic. Acts 18. We have been reading about Paul in Corinth, and now that is about to change. He was in Corinth for about a year and a half, one of his longest periods of missionary endeavor in a particular city. Establishes a very strong church there that then goes very far off the rails and then comes right back on the rails again when he writes the book of 1 Corinthians. Okay, so Acts 18.24. Yes. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would he be called? Why would a Jewish person be called Apollos? Because uh, he had a Greek daddy and a Jewish mama. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. But he's maybe. called. He's a Jew. Because we have heard of that happening. We have heard of that happening. Mm-hmm. But he is a Jew. Uh, where does he come from? Uh, maybe he's from Greece. What does it say in verse 24? Uh, A Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker, who knew the Christian world, oh, from Alexandria in Egypt. Okay, so why wouldn't he have have an Egyptian name then? Uh, I don't know, maybe his parents were hippies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's an interesting interesting piece of history. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, the, the, the city called Alexandria. Any suggestions as to who might have founded that city? Is it Alex? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The, yep. gr- the Great? Alex the Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alexander the Great. So Alexander the Great founded 16 cities. He called them all Alexandria. Gosh, that's <laughs> so obnoxious. He, he did like himself very much. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and this was the only one that survived and is still there today. Oh, really? Okay, so the significant city about Alexandria is that even though it is in Egypt, it is a Greek city. Mm-hmm. Now, Apollos, of course, is a Greek name. Named a Greek name. He is named after a Greek god. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Daniel. Dan e l l o him. You'll find lots of Hebrew names that have e l in them, mm-hmm. which are named after you know the, the the god of the of the universe, the god of the Bible. Mm-hmm. He's been named after a Greek god, so he is very very clearly a Hellenistic Jew. He has a Greek name. He comes from a Greek city. Um, so you've got a Hellenistic Jew right here, yeah. Greek-speaking Jew. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. There's a little bit of um, historical background. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. Uh, he had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. Well, that's, that's a very good way of sticking with there what you need, enthusiastic spirit and accuracy. Yeah. 
However, he knew only about John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Apollos had been thinking about going to Achaia, and the brothers of the sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. They wrote to the believers in Achaia, asking them to welcome him. When he arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit to those who, by God's grace, had believed. He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments in public debate. Using the scriptures, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. Okay, so here we've got, here we've got Aquila and Priscilla, not to be confused with um, Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. Mon. Mm-hmm. That's my thing, yep. Yep. And we find that Apollos turns up. He has been, he, he is a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He is a believer in Jesus Christ through the preaching of John the Baptist. Yep. So some people kind of think that once Jesus started preaching, John the Baptist stopped. No, John the Baptist didn't stop preaching until he was obviously imprisoned and then beheaded. Mm-hmm. And so for quite a period after Jesus was ministering, they were ministering, you know, more or less. Um, contemporary with each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this man has heard about Jesus Christ through John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. But because John the Baptist died fairly early on in the life of Jesus' ministry, and for whatever reason, maybe it was change of geography or whatever it might be, he may have been traveling through uh, Palestine when he met with John the Baptist and was preaching there. We don't know the circumstances. He never actually heard the full story and came into a full knowledge of everything there was to know about Jesus Christ. And what we're going to find in the next chapter is the one thing that he was, the, the major thing that Apollos was missing was an understanding of the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Aquila and Priscilla, they, they do the right thing here. They take him aside and they fill in all of the gaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they hear him preaching in the synagogue, and imagine if you were Aquila and Priscilla, you know, you're going to the synagogue every Sabbath, you're a little bit on the outside because you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this guy stands up and preaches eloquently about Jesus Christ, that would be really exciting for you. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. But then as you hear him speaking eloquently about Jesus Christ, then you find that um, he doesn't actually understand the full story. Mm-hmm. That there is more to it than this because, you know, Aquila and Priscilla, they've obviously been with Paul. Paul has now just moved on. And so they're, hey, let's, you know, come back to our place for lunch. Yeah. You know, let's sit down and let's discuss this further. And they share with him the fuller picture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as a great missionary for Jesus Christ, um, he, you know, he's got other places he needs to go. Maybe he's a businessman. We don't know why he's traveling. Maybe he's just traveling as a missionary. Yeah. They write uh, letters on his behalf and say, "Hey, this this guy, he's totally legit. You need to, um, yeah, welcome him in, and you will be blessed by him." So they they, they give him a great start right here. Now, this is a a really good example of open mindedness, mm-hmm. yeah, that we often don't find within Christianity today, mm-hmm. and even within our church, where you've got a missionary who turns up who is not backed by the church. He doesn't have any qualifications from the church. Uh, in fact, he doesn't have any, you know, any connections whatsoever with church headquarters. Uh, but they take him at his word, and they take him 
according to they, they judge him according to his message, not according to what qualifications he has. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so often we're like, well, you know, does this person have an imprimatur? Do they have permission to be preaching? Do they have a license? Do they, are, are they an ordained pastor? And if they're not, then surely there must be a tremendous amount of suspicion that should be placed over them if they are just a lay person who is out there preaching, you know, without uh, permission, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've even had, uh, I've even seen seen conflicts arise at times where it's like. Like, well, you know, this person doesn't have permission to speak. Mm-hmm. You can't let them speak in your church because, you know, they, they haven't, they haven't, uh, there's, they, there's no service request that has gone through for them and all of these kind of things. And we need to be open minded when God moves and the Holy Spirit is moving to, uh, to listen to and, and to judge people based on the message that they carry mm-hmm. rather than all of the red tape that may or may not have been sorted out in relationship to what they're doing. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so, yeah, I really appreciate what uh, Aquila and Priscilla do here. And, of course, you know, as we mentioned yesterday, Paul, no, the day before, Paul was in much the same boat. Yeah, that's true. He was, he was, he, his ministry was under a cloud of suspicion because he did not come from the church headquarters in Jerusalem. He mm-hmm. had not been sponsored by them. He had not been sent out by them. He had gone of his own accord and he had raised his own money and he had even worked for himself on occasions as a self-supporting missionary. And because he was a self-supporting missionary, it was like, yeah, really? Does he really have you know, the, the uh, official stamp of approval? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, should we be allowing him to be speaking in our churches? Should we even allow him to call himself an apostle? Yeah, is he card-carrying? Is he yeah. bold? Yeah. So things haven't changed too much in the last no. 2,000 years. no. I think it's also, as a side note, it's also a great example of um, in this story of of what a, a missionary couple can do. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, you know, they're um, husband and wife, and they're both dedicated to God, and God uses them. They're they're an amazing missionary couple, and uh, and the way that they first, you know, sowed the seed mm-hmm. out here in Corinth, and then Paul came, you know, for the harvest, and and uh, and how they're still. Supporting and mentoring because you know they mentored Apollos here and sent him on his way, and then worked to have you know his missionary work go further, writing letters and so forth. But it's a it's definitely a good testament for you know what you can do in a in a partnership, yeah, and uh, and how a marriage should look because you know this is one of the reasons why the Bible says you shouldn't be unequally yoked because unequally yoked couples don't do this kind of thing. You would thing. never be able to yeah. do this. You would never yeah. have this kind of ministry. You'd never have this teamwork. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is this is one of the beautiful examples of, of couples mm-hmm. who've, um, who put God first mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, what their lives can become and how useful they can be for the kingdom. So, yeah. yeah. And they're obviously a very... Uh, are loving and lovable people. Yeah, yeah. We know that because even though they are very devout Christians, they're still worshipping every day in the synagogue. They haven't been thrown out of the synagogue. Yeah, that's right. They are valuable to the Jewish mm-hmm, community. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the only way that they were able to achieve that is because people just love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they hadn't made themselves obnoxious. I don't I don't think there's any story in the Bible with Priscilla and Aquila where the people they, they are in contact with, they get any animosity in return. No, you're right, you know. Like everyone, they t- like everyone, you know, responds to their work. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so that sets us then up for Acts chapter 19, which is what we need to move into now. And if you could read for us verse 1, please, Mon. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. 
Okay, so Paul's on his way. Corinth is uh, preaching there in, uh, sorry, Apollos is preaching there in Corinth. And by the way, when, when the church in Corinth fell apart, you know what they all started to do? Fight. They all started to fight over who they followed. Oh, sorry. Yes, some people were followers of Jesus Christ. Some people were followers of Paul and some others were followers of Apollos. Oh, goodness. And uh, Paul is like, guys, get a life. Yeah, yeah. And let's just all be followers of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh, amen. You know, we're all preaching the same thing. You know, Apollos, you know, Apollos planted the seed, Paul watered it, and Jesus got the increase. Mm-hmm, that's it, that's it. And, uh, and this is what it's all about. Why, why do you need to be fighting over, oh, he's a better evangelist than him, or this one, mm-hmm. that one or the other, mm-hmm. or, I'm, you know, I'm a, I follow this particular. Come on, seriously, guys. Yeah. Okay, so verse two. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. And this is something that we find cropping up in, you know, and within the context, you can sort of see why Apollos fits into this particular story because these men that he meets in Ephesus are in much the same category as Apollos. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little less educated than Apollos even mm-hmm. in that they have heard John the Baptist. Yeah. They have become disciples or followers of John the Baptist, mm-hmm. but they've never heard about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it seems that their even their understanding of who Jesus was was maybe a little less than even Apollos. Mm-hmm. So once again, we might have a situation here where people have passed through Palestine, they've heard the preaching of John the Baptist, they've been converted by it, they've been baptized by John the Baptist, but they haven't stayed long enough to hear the full story. Mm-hmm. Over the years, of course, they've been learning more and more about it, and so they've become disciples of Jesus Christ, but... Because they've never actually come in contact with you know one of the apostles or one of the missionaries that is fully instructed with in the way of Christianity, there are certain elements to their experience that are missing. Mm-hmm. So if we continue on from here, uh, verse five, please. As soon as they heard this, they were, six. they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Okay, so they've got these 12 men here. And uh, let's uh, summarize what exactly it is that takes place here. Okay, so in verse 5, what do they do? I can summarize the whole thing in a nutshell for you. Yeah. They're living up to the light they have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, they for sure. They had some light, they lived up to that, now they've gotten more, so they're living up to that now. Yep. But uh, but yes, they they heard this the new like I guess new information for them mm-hmm. about Jesus Christ and how he came and what he did, and uh, so they were baptized into his name. Sometimes sometimes I've met ministers who like you only ever get baptized once, and they refuse to baptize someone if they ask for baptism again. Mm-hmm. How many times were these people baptized? Twice. That's right. Yeah, that we know. And this second baptism did not involve a conversion experience, did it? No. They were already converted. Yeah, absolutely. This second baptism didn't involve moving from one religion to another, did it? Mm-mm. No, they were already Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, this second baptism did not involve changing from, you know, say, from one church to another. Nope. These people were in the same church the whole time. Yep. And they were in the same religion, the same faith, the same belief the whole time. The difference is that they had a new 
life-changing experience of meeting the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's why they chose to be rebaptized mm-hmm. again. This was not something where you, oh, I read something new in the Bible this morning. Yeah, no. no because no. we should aim to do that every single day. Oh, yeah. But baptism is about a change of life, a change of direction, becoming a new person. And, of course, imagine how absolutely revolutionary and life-changing it would be to hear about and then experience the Holy Spirit for the first time if you've already been a Christian. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Absolutely, just outstandingly amazing. Anyway, we're going to move on right now. This is Matt and Josie Minicus. They're going to be bringing to us Psalms, chapter 69. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. Save me, oh my God For the waters have come up to my neck I sink in the depths Where there is no
For zeal for your house it consumes me And the insults to you fall on me Welcome back, guys. That was uh, Matt and Josie Minicus with Psalms 69 here on Faith FM. And we continue with our encounter with God. Where did my Bible go? Let me give you some more clues for this quiz, though. I'm going to give you a couple because, you know, we need to get ahead with this. (laughs) Seeing as Lyle gave away the answer to our quiz this morning, we've had to start a fresh one. And Lyle just hates to even think about it, don't you? (laughs) Okay, so here we go. What book am I? This is a quote from this book. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. Mm, I think I know exactly what story that is. That's uh, a story about, uh, I think it's Ezekiel killing off the uh, the false prophets and dancing around the altar. I'm pretty sure nope. that there's a bit of that missing. Nope. nope. So not Ezekiel, it's Elijah. Sorry. <laughs> wrong, wrong E name. <laughs> wrong E name. So it's Elijah. But I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a, that quote that I just read it has a bit missing because I'm pretty sure it also says something about maybe your gods are on the toilet and they need to come back or something. Um, but yeah, if you know where that is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, of course. Uh, but let me give you another clue just to be sure to be sure. The division of Israel into two kingdoms Northern and Southern, occurs in my 12th chapter. What book am I, the division of Israel, into two kingdoms, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom, occurs in chapter 12 of this book? If you know what book that is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text if you don't feel like talking, 0491-064-669. If you get it right, we will send you a prize today. There you go. Prize coming your way. That's not such a hard one. Well, You've only got two options. Yeah. Shh. You just need to stop talking about Lyle's house. I'm going to give it away. <laughs> never. What do you mean never? You literally did it today. Never. Today. Today. Anyway. All right. Where were we? We were in the book of Acts. We've just cracked open Acts 19. We have indeed. Okay, so Acts chapter 19, and we were reading, that's right, into Acts chapter 19, the verse, first seven verses. Let's go over to uh, verse 7, and let's see what's happening over here. Acts chapter 19 and verse 7. It says there were about 12 men in all. Mm-hmm. Already read that one. Yep. And, oh, so, verse 6. <laughs> verse 6. Uh, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Now, this is an interesting passage because some people say, okay, there you've got evidence that uh, whenever the Holy Spirit falls, you speak in other tongues. And if you haven't spoken in other tongues, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. Is that what is going on here, Mon? No. Okay, why not? Well, because speaking in tongues is not a reference to um, some sort of weird babbling stuff. It's it's a reference to the, the a gift, a talent mm-hmm. um, of being able to speak in different languages. Okay, so and is not it the, everyone's is, a talent, that talent. Are talents and gifts the same thing? More or less, no, I don't know. Yeah, are I'd, they? Say, I'd say I'd say talents are what you're born with, and gifts are what you receive supernaturally. Yeah, yeah, and and in which case we need to understand that not everyone 
it was given the same gift. Yeah. Not all of us can speak with more. Can you speak it a second language? No. Well, there you go. Does that mean you're not baptized by the Holy Spirit? No. Not at all. No, because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts severally as he will. In fact, let's go over and have a look at that very quickly. Um, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I think we're going to, let me just find it. <clears throat> and we will start reading in verse 4. Which says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Okay, so the, the thing that is common in all three of these verses that you've just read so far is different. Mm-hmm. Paul is emphasizing different, 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 different all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep going. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To the other, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives a gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether or not a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Okay, so you've got a whole slew of different gifts here and the whole emphasis, every single one of those gifts that is listed there, Paul Mm -hmm. is saying, one person receives this one, somebody else receives that, somebody else over here receives something different, somebody, you know, that's the whole point, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And now, of course, verse 11 and 12. Um, Sorry, verse 11. Yep, verse 11 says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so you've got these 12 men in Ephesus, Uh and it seems that they all receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, Mm -hmm. what's interesting about this passage is that, yeah, that sounds that's that's quite reasonable to me, and I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are alternative ways of reading it. This is not an unequivocal passage by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that they spoke in other languages and that they were rebaptized. Yeah. It could be that they received the gift of tongues or the gift of languages that the Bible speaks about at this particular point when they were baptized. Yeah. That's definitely a possibility. Absolutely. It could also be that these were foreign people and so when they praised God and prophesied here, and of course the word prophesied in the Bible has two contexts. Mm-hmm. One context is you know where you actually receive the Holy Spirit is giving you the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other context is the word prophesy often actually means to preach. Okay. And so it could be that they began to preach in other languages because they were foreigners from many different from different parts of the world. You know, maybe they were um, Celtic people and they spoke spoken the Gallic language, and maybe this is the origin of the Galatian church. Ah, very interesting. Well, we actually have a caller just mm-hmm. coming through, just to interrupt our little study for a second there. Caleb, are you on? Yep, um, I know the answer for the question of the day. Oh, you do? You mean for the quiz? Yep. Oh, what's the answer, Caleb? Second King. Oh, you're cl- first king. Yes. Oh, very close. Just, just snug it in there, Caleb. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You corrected that we gave. We we said we were giving two clues away today. Oh, two, 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 <laughs> two, two guesses. Two chances. Caleb, how old are you? Seven. 
Caleb, good job. You've put all the adults to shame today. You snapped that up so quick. We are going to send you a prize, Caleb. And hang on, aren't you supposed to be at school right now? Pardon? Aren't you supposed to be at school right now or is it school holidays? Uh, I'm right at school and I'm in grade two. Oh, very good. Well done. Well, congratulations and, and tell your mummies and daddies and your parents, uh, your teachers, uh, thank you for teaching you good stuff out of the Bible so because... Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much for calling up, and we will talk to you later. Hey, Lyle, mm-hmm. speaking of uh, giving away prizes, we need oh, by to- the way, go Caleb for putting New South Wales back on the map. Oh. Because Chloe's been cleaning up from Queensland. <laughs> good to have <laughs> good to have some, some kids here in New South Wales, and so we put the challenge out there to the other states now, you know. You yes, kids well, out there that speaking, know their Bibles. Speaking of giving through. stuff away, Lyle, we are actually going to be giving away movie tickets. Oh, we are. Either today or tomorrow. tomorrow. We're not we're quite sure tomorrow. tomorrow. So stay tuned uh, to Faith FM. We're going to give away movie tickets to a fabulous movie that we've been talking about here on Faith FM. Uh, a little while ago, we interviewed one of the people involved with that. So we're giving that away. Um, and, uh, and you'll have to stay tuned. You can jump on our social medias. We'll be promoting that uh, promotion on there, uh, talking about the movie. I think we're going to put up the trailer, I think, for the movie. Yep. And, uh, and talk about that there. So stay tuned. Tomorrow we'll be giving that away. And then also coming up next, we have a rather controversial segment. Lyle's going to be doing some date setting. <gasps> what, Lyle? Date setting? How could you? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Our question of the day. When will Jesus come back? Oh, yes. Yes. Let's see if we can get Lyle to do some date setting. Next Tuesday. <laughs> what?
know that fear and anxiety are the most common mental conditions in Australia. On average, one in four people will experience anxiety at some stage in their life. I'm David Stojic, counsellor and pastor of Living Abundantly Adventist Church. We are hosting speaker Danny Milenko to provide a scriptural perspective on this topic. Join us at 11 a.m. Saturday, September 8 at the Warburg Community Centre here in Newcastle and visit discoverhopeseries.com for more information. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Multicultural Adventist Church on Newcastle Road in Wallsend, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey, do you believe in God? Yeah. Yeah, but is God for real? Mm, yeah. No, I know you believe in God, but is He actually real to you, or do you feel that something is still missing? Sometimes. If you still have questions about God and life, then why don't you come to the Is God For Real series? Sure, where is it? It's at the Gosford Adventist Church. Begins 7pm Friday, September 7. You can get more information at isgodforreal.com.au. Sweet.
back to Faith FM. It is a special time of the day that is fast becoming our most popular segment, actually. It is I our question why. of the day, yes. And I, there's no more quiz. We've blown through two quizzes today. One of them Lyle gave away accidentally, and the other one was snapped up by seven-year-old Caleb from New South Wales. Good yeah, giving Chloe a run for her money there. Yes, we should put the two of them together, get them both on air at the same time. and <laughs> see, 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 see who can... Uh... See who can stay the longest. <laughs> Uh, indeed. It might be a bit of a disadvantage to Caleb. He's a couple of years younger. It does make a difference at that age. Fair enough. But he did do well. He did He did do very well and he's going to love his prize. Okay, so today, Lyle, our question of the day is when will Jesus come? I did say Tuesday, didn't I? You did say Tuesday. I was probably, that was probably a, probably a false prophecy. Yeah, are you a false prophet? Are you Lyle? <laughs> <laughs> I okay. knew it. I knew there was something fishy about you. All right, so let's go in our Bibles. Let's turn our Bibles. And let's find out what does the Bible say about when Jesus will come back. And we will go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 is probably the most famous passage in all the Bible talking about the return of Jesus. It is the second longest sermon recorded in the Bible that Jesus preached. It is uh, all about the signs of his return and the events and so forth. And Jesus goes to great length here to tell us in verse 36, but of the day and the hour, in reference to his return, nobody knows. So nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. So you you can safely say that if anyone comes to you with a date, this is the date for the second coming, or as a friend of mine who has been coming to me regularly over the last 12 months or so with dates for the rapture, these are false prophecies. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says, no, God has not revealed this information. He hasn't, the God the Father in this case did not even reveal that information to the Son. Mm-hmm. And so this is information that in the Godhead itself, the Son, as he was here on earth, as a human being, he did not even know uh, that information, either because he hadn't asked the Father or because the Father had just said, you know, don't ask. And so. Um, yeah, that's the first point that we need to make. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. However, do we know how soon or when it will be soon that Jesus is coming back? Jesus says this, Learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So likewise, when you see all these things, know that it, that is the second coming, is near even at the doors, almost here right now. Okay, so what you've got to think about then is, okay, what, were, what, what was Jesus talking about when he talks about the fig tree budding? If you go back through the chapter, you'll find that Jesus has listed off a whole bunch of events, and Jesus says when you see all of these events taking place simultaneously, and when you see all of these events getting closer and closer together and increasing in severity, then you know that this generation will not pass away until Jesus comes back. And so we can know that the return of Jesus Christ is very soon. We don't know how soon. We have no idea how soon. But we know that it's very soon because when we look at those uh, signs of the times, as they are so famously called in the Bible, you can put any of those signs on a graph, on a chart. And we'll just flick back over there very quickly and look at a few. It says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. And so Jesus gives some rather unexciting signs here because they are signs that have happened throughout history. 
But then he goes on to describe them as being like birth pains. In other words, they're going to get closer and closer and closer together. They're all going to be happening simultaneously, and they're going to be increasing in severity very, very dramatically. Now, I challenge you to take any one of those signs right there, put it on a chart, and see what happens. Mm. You think about this. It says warfare. It talks about warfare as being a sign that Jesus is coming back. Go back 150 years. That is not a long period of time. And most people in warfare 150 years ago were dying because they had been pierced by a metal object, a bayonet or a sword. Imagine how different that is today. When we fight warfare, you know, from the other side of the world with little remote-controlled drones, have things changed dramatically? Oh, so dramatically. You know, within 150 years, we've gone from cold, hard steel and face-to-face contact, conflict, to conflict on the other side of the planet. We now have weapons of mass destruction that enable us to wipe out the entire population of the world in one day. Mm -hmm. That never existed 150 years ago. Uh, We can talk about earthquakes, and if you're wondering about earthquakes, scroll down through the Faith FM uh, Facebook page and you'll find the the, the two cents uh, document that I put up there on earthquakes and how dramatically they have been increasing in the last 150 years. And no, it's not just because we've got better equipment. I'm only measuring big earthquakes that you don't need equipment to be able to measure. Uh, if we look at diseases and the way that diseases, you know, it talks about pestilences um, and that's diseases um, and famines and look at the drought that we are being faced with right here in Australia right now. Um, these are dramatic events. Well, can I just ask, what about those churches that do set times and dates for Jesus' return? What does that mean then? It means they're a false church. That's a really simple answer. Ooh, that's, oh, that's pretty I'm controversial. Just, just going by what the Bible says. Ah, very interesting. Uh, Well, thank you for answering that, Lyle. really appreciate you uh, taking the time to answer that. If you have a question, give us a call here at Faith FM. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Ask us any question about the Bible. We love that stuff. We love to answer them and uh, we'll use them on air. Thanks, Lyle. Among the shadows, you wiped my tears away, and I felt the pain of heartbreak, and I've seen the brighter days, and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place, and I have held your blessings, God, you give and take away. No matter what I have, your grace is
Welcome back, guys. That was Torin Wells with Hills and Valleys here on Faith FM. We have come to the part of the show which is where we give something away for free. Yes, indeed. We're going to be giving away a bunch of free stuff um, over the next few days before the weekend hits. We're going to be giving away uh, tickets to the new movie Tortured for Christ, uh, which is an initiative by uh, Voice of the Martyrs. They've made a movie. And uh, it's, it's an incredible, inspiring film. Uh, we have the trailer up on our social medias now. You can check out that trailer and stay tuned because tomorrow we'll be giving away tickets. We have tickets. It's, I think, for several states of Australia where, where the movie's going to be um, premiered and aired. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But for now, today's giveaway is a book called God's Love for Man. It's a beautiful book. It's, the, it's on the back. It says, The age-old question finally answered. If God really does love us, why does he allow such terrible things to happen? In this eye-opening book, you will learn what does God's love really mean? How can you know he really loves you? And can God really judge and love at the same time? Mm. At last, the answers you've always wanted. Who wrote this? Remnant Publications. I can't see. Okay. Oh, E.G. Uh, um, White. I, was gonna, I thought yeah. it just yeah. sounded like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fantastic little book there. And, of course, uh, if you'd like to get that, you know what our number is, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. And don't forget to send in your questions for the day. If there is a burning question that you have, we will either do it during question of the day or if it's big enough, we might do a whole encounter with God section mm-hmm. on that question yes, of the day. Yes, we've so, done that before. We're happy to do it again. Um, you can email us on info at faithfm.com.au or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of our social medias, and we can put that up for you. If you would like to know more about the Bible or do my Bible study course, The Prophetic Code, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we can make that happen for you. Well, stay tuned. We have great programming coming up for the rest of the day. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Show. We'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Some will light my way
Jesus' love for me